What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well. And they're always rotating in new seasonal cocktails. So come through and check out what they've got on deck for fall and winter down there. The patio is now nice, covered, and heated and will be throughout the fall and winter. So come through and big thanks to Produce Row for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every week. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts and giving more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so if you're not listening on apple just hit like follow subscribe wherever you are listening from 
including Spotify. I've been dropping some monthly playlists there as well every first of the month. So that June one is now available. And I've also been putting those up on Apple Music as well. So you can find the links for those things in the uh, episode notes. And I hope everybody is doing well out there. I just got back to Portland, Oregon for the first time. I'm home in six weeks. Feels good to be back. Just got in late last night from spending a week out in L.A. Had a really nice time out there. Weather was beautiful. Hanging out in Santa Monica near the beach. Ate some uh, some pretty great food food and got to go to the comedy store a couple nights that was killing and went to the hollywood forever cemetery for the first time went and saw a movie out there on the lawn with a bunch of people that was a pretty cool experience as well saw american psycho hadn't seen that movie in uh many years probably since i was a a teenager all the way through and also got to meet Dan Englander from King Underground Records, who I've been working with for like the last two or three years, I guess. He is uh, based out of Milton Keys, London, and runs the King Underground label that I've been uh, doing some work for. So it was rad to finally get to meet that dude in person. We hung around in Highland Park for a night and went to the Stones Throw Bar, which is very cool. Just so much vinyl on the walls. So good times in LA. Great to be back in Portland, back in my own bed for the first time in six weeks. Feels really great. Sorry things have been running on a little bit of a different schedule the last six weeks as far as these episodes coming out but uh should be back to the the regular friday release date this week or next but also uh toying with the idea of starting to put things out on mondays just so they don't get lost in the uh the weekend shuffle so we shall see i'll keep you updated stoked to get into episode 311 joe lyle is on the podcast from new orleans louisiana I met Joe on this tour that I just got back from. Joe played drums in the Jared Madsen band. He is uh, an incredible musician, and it was very cool to get to jump on the mics with him after spending five weeks with him on the road and get to know him a little bit more in depth. Joe is not only an amazing drummer, but he's got this uh, really great record store in the French Quarter of New Orleans called No Pulp Records. And I went to a lot of record stores on uh, this tour, but none of them had the vibe that No Pulp did. So it was uh, rad to get to hang around in New Orleans for a few days and get to see Joe's shop. He made his gumbo one night for the band and had a cool family hangover at his place, which is uh, his loft is connected to the record store kind of my my dream setup walking into that place definitely a inspiring spot so uh we talk about how he got involved with the record store business as well as his music background going to school at berkeley and uh how he linked up with with jared and just kind of his mentality for creating making music making other forms of art so what you'll hear is Joe and I hanging out at his record store, chatting it up in his space, and this is just a a true 
hang you can hear the tunes that we're playing in the room faintly in the background that we we're listening to while we were having this conversation so i hope this one makes you feel like you're you're just sitting in on joe and i's conversation as we get to know each other a bit more after spending four or five straight weeks on the road with one another i thought joe had some insightful things to say and i enjoyed getting to hear about how his his life is shaken out and his mentality of believing that he can pull off anything he really wants to and just his uh his attitude of being flexible and his presence is quite enjoyable and inspiring to be around i will definitely miss seeing this dude on the regular and if you live in the new orleans area and are planning a trip there and you are a music head make sure you stop by no pulp records in the french quarter or uh you know hit them up online they ship records i'm having some records shipped to me as we speak so the links for joe and no pulp records will be in the episode notes as well this dude is incredibly humble about what a motherfucker he is on the drums he just absolutely crushes on the kit and very fun to see this dude play so much music over these last five weeks and i just heavily relate to his add tendencies and helps me make sense of my own mind at times and my constant need to have my hands in several different things to to keep things fresh for myself so we're going to get into that momentarily if you're looking to see some free music in the portland oregon area hit up produce row cafe every sunday noon to two dj spinning vinyl over there in southeast portland and every thursday night from 7 p.m to 9 p.m live music over there jazz trios you can see the uh jeff chilton trio there every first thursday and other singer songwriters folk duos and things of that nature going on as well so that produce row website link and instagram link will be in the episode notes along with all of the other sponsors for the show distro kid north 45 those things are there if you tuned into the Black Hippie episode, you can catch those folks on tour right now, and they're going to be playing Portland June 12th this coming Sunday, and I'm stoked to have them in town. I'll be uh, getting to play host for them. They'll be crashing at the pad for a couple nights, so I'm stoked to, to catch up with Josh and the gang while they're here. And then June 19th, I am DJing at North 45, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. And the following Sunday, I will be at Mayfly in North Portland, June 26th. So uh, keep up with me if you want to come hear me uh, spin or select some jams for your uh, for your Sunday hang. All right, that's all the rambling that I'm going to do. Good to be home. Like I said, all these links will be in the episode notes so you can keep up with Joe. And we're going to kick off this episode. Episode 311, Joe Lyle from New Orleans, Louisiana, is on the show. And we are going to kick off the episode with a track from Joe's EP, which is titled Introducing. And this track is called Lunch Break. Let's do the damn thing. Lunch break. 
Now we have no battery worries. Sick. All right, Joe, you ready to uh, ready to jump into this thing, man? I think so. All right, all right. Well, uh, man, I was thinking about it today, and it's interesting now that been out on the road with you know you and Jared's band for like six weeks with the the high pulp gang, and I've probably seen you play more drums than any other drummer I've ever seen except for my cousin Bobby from Hypo like and, and just in general like seeing I've seen Jared's band now more than any it's band I've really ever yeah. seen yeah by default it's your favorite band now yeah yeah for sure um, you could say you've seen us like 30 times for sure it's very super famous <laughs> just speak into that thing for me oh yeah is yeah. it you getting then you'll we'll, we'll get to hear your your beautiful voice yellow your calming voice hello <laughs> calm down now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just uh it's been it's been cool to to watch that every night and uh to get to see you play drums every night and thank you yeah it's uh it's been definitely like one of the added bonuses of this thing is just to like get to know the whole jared manson crew and and you know yeah. the people playing in that band and just getting to like be away from the evening and then show up to the venue and then we see you all again every every yeah. day you know yeah i <laughs> kind of like go that. our separate ways and it's and, yeah it's like a uh you're just tethered to this this other band for however many dates you have it's it's always it's usually pretty pretty awesome yeah i have yet to tour the band i like didn't like i can't know. imagine what that is like where yeah. you're just uh trying to avoid the other band the whole time yeah geez <laughs> no I've, i don't think that's even in the cards because it's like even if you don't like these people it's like man two months you better figure something out right yeah <laughs> is this uh have you done these longer stretches quite a few times where it's like five I, six weeks i've only done one similar to this in 2018 and it was it was cool i don't know this was this was definitely a lot better i was that was my first tour and jared's awesome and a fun dude to be around and doesn't really get old and uh he's also very like considerate so like yeah this is definitely like more fun this time around are you pretty comfortable with the the day-to-day of being in a new place and every day and just kind of needing to pack up your shit and and go and make the long drives and all that stuff yeah yeah i'm i'm very uh i adapt pretty quickly so i just shut my brain off give it like a few prerogatives i'm like all right these are the things you need to do and everything else just chill and go with the flow yeah yeah so i i really dialed in like taking care of myself on this tour like running and uh not drinking every night and you know shit like that that just like helps with the longevity of the whole situation For sure important to like find some things to like ground you that you're still like have some sort of routine to each day yeah yeah, some some. I mean, shit. I didn't keep up with the routine necessarily. I try. I, routine's a bit too. Um, it's like it's a bit. It's a big ask, I think, on tour to like try to have a routine because then you end up like mad at yourself or like bummed you didn't get this thing in or whatever. I just try to make sure I got some steps in 
and ate something green yeah. shit like that yeah man this is like my definitely my first big stretch of yeah. doing something like this i've done you know the three to five days and maybe a week or seven to ten days Ooh. but how, how long because you came in in the middle how long were you actually uh a full five weeks i guess really? still damn wait so when did i mean i got here april 25th so is it is it maybe it's four but i was also on for the like a short stretch of the the prior leg too so there was like that break yeah, in between yeah. so i was on for like a week of that right and then yeah april 25th and what we're may 26th now so yeah shit just goes by though like yeah. real quick what city was that austin austin okay word yeah okay i remember now it's that's another thing i just like i shut my brain off on tour yeah and i don't remember or not i mean i just have to jog my memory but even try to remember the last show we did i was like which honestly was a few days ago right right but still, I was like, where did we play it in, in Nashville again? Yeah, it's hard to keep that shit into, like, context of, like, what day of the week it is. Yeah. And Don't even a lot try. of those things, like, just kind of go out the window. But yeah. I did have to learn about halfway through that sometimes you just don't have to go do everything oh, with yeah. everybody. Because yeah. I want to. Because we're only in these places sometimes for, like, right. three hours. Yeah. And you I want to go, choose. like, kick it. But I feel like that's when I get into trouble of, like... Oh, I feel really shitty for like yeah. five days in a row because I haven't really been sleeping and I chose exactly. to go out again. Yeah. Even if I'm not like drinking, just like, just going out, you know, staying out till two and then all of a sudden we have to be up like at eight. Yeah, y'all got up early as fuck. Um, <laughs> oh, can I curse on this? Oh, yeah. I guess? yeah it's, okay. a, it's a very uncensored <laughs> thing, very casual thing, Joe. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, do you, is this something you plan on doing again, like touring? Yeah, I'd, yeah. Lo I'd love to, you know, keep doing this as much as I, you know, don't always love crashing on a, a kitchen floor Dude, on yeah. a sleeping pad. But that only happened like once or twice out of like That's five good. weeks. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. for, for me at that point, it's like, it's just remembering why I'm here and putting that, yeah. you know, into perspective for myself. Totally. Like, I'd rather be sleeping on a kitchen floor than doing some bullshit that I don't want to be doing. Yeah, working back a house in the kitchen or yeah. some shit. Yeah, I mean, it'll get better, too. Like, you know, that that's like a normal first tour experience, I feel yeah. like, is sleeping in weird places. But I, I, I only ask because you're saying, like, not having to do everything. I always just keep in mind. I was like, I'll, I'll be back here probably. Like, yeah. I'll see it in pieces. That's also take my time. Also ideal. And like I think it's uh I don't know. I think those moments of like crashing off floors and sleeping in a one bedroom apartment with nine other people is, <laughs> is like strong for the character building. Yeah. Like the, those uncomfortable experiences where you think like, Oh, there's no way I'm falling asleep tonight and then in yeah. twenty minutes I'm asleep wow. for yeah. eight hours and it's yeah. like all right, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I've slept in a bed and not <laughs> been able to sleep. But I mean, yeah, it's it's fun. You look back and it's definitely a positive thing, even the negative parts. Yeah. Also just like incredible, I feel like how much ground has been covered like across the map, like Yeah. Yeah, I do this thing on my phone. I take cuz like with Apple, you can look at the map and it shows if you choose to like store metadata, it'll show you where every photo was taken. And so, like, I have this, like, you know, like, 
basically white girls first year in college they have like a whole like photo map on the wall <laughs> so i have that on my phone and um i love it That's i dope. understand yeah yeah i kind of like i have that i i try to do the tried to make all these like highlighted things in the story just dedicated to high pulp yeah so yeah. by the time you know this ends tonight i'll be yeah. able to kind of like look back on all the cities we went through and it's yeah. just like damn we did a lot of <laughs> shit man we ate a lot of food <laughs> yeah it doesn't get old it doesn't get old and also you forget some of the stuff that happened and yeah it's dope yeah for sure well, take me back to like your your early beginnings in music, Joe. Like, what when did you get super interested in music? Where's your entry point in either cool like making your own music collection or actually like jumping on an instrument or uh, stretching yourself vocally? Because I know you get down on the mic too, which was like mm -hmm. one of my favorite things immediately oh, of you. seeing you know the band. The first night was seeing that you were uh, a drummer with a mic. Yeah, and, that's fun. Jared's really, um, Jared's given me so much room to grow. I'm forever grateful to him for that, for allowing me, allowing me to, really just trusting me to do stuff like that. But um, I started banging on shit when I was like four. Like, I don't know, I remember, I have this memory of watching Little Bill, Bill Cosby's like ch children show. And, um, like banging on i had like tinker toys i don't know if you remember yeah, yeah. tinker toys Absolutely. yeah i went <laughs> they're like so the red sticks were the longest ones so i used those first broke all of them and then like i think yellow <laughs> was like the next longest and i just broke all my like tinker toys. circle joints at the end of them yeah, yeah. i had the circle joints on the end <laughs> and i was just beating on like um the popcorn cans because i was in the boy scouts so we sold popcorn I don't know if you've been in the Boy Scouts or yeah. something. Yeah. So I just beat on cans. I have a ton. If you go to my house, I still have all these cans, and the bottoms are just dented <laughs> from me playing on them when I was, like, super young. Um, was there anybody, like, musical in the immediate family? Yeah. Like, do you have any idea, like, why you kind of gravitated towards There's music in, in my family. I think there's, like, music in pretty much every black family. It's, like, very much, like, an integral part of black culture to someone's like singing or playing piano or something um but my grandma yeah I, I mean my grandma played piano and she teaches she still does but like i never i don't know i i don't remember them like being around my parents musically like both my parents are engineers so they're very like my mom's more creative and my dad is just very like logical, like very much an engineer, like almost doesn't understand like emotion. I, I always like re, uh, compared him to Spock cause he like, <laughs> he liked Star Trek a lot. But um, yeah, there's, mu there's music in the house and there's like a piano and my brother played a lot of, he like dabbled with music. He's a doctor now, but he's probably the reason I decided to pursue it ultimately. Not because he encouraged me or anything, because he didn't, but he how he had a pretty like vibrant music collection. Um, like he had just so much music that I was like pretty. Uh, what's the word? It was special that I got to see it at that age, like Mad yeah. Lib, 
stuff like listen i was probably the only like third grader in 2003 listening to madlib in louisiana on some hip shit already yeah yeah so stuff like that my my dad had a record collection that he dug he put in his closet and forgot about it because yeah he just like didn't ever pull it out but i was digging through his closet and found it and we had a record player so i like figured out how to set everything up and like was listening to earth wind and fire a lot and I listened to Thriller a lot when I was, like, seven and eight. And, um, yeah, there's music in the house. So no one was giving you heavy shit for just, like, banging on these cans all the time. I'm sure you were maybe driving the family a little bit crazy, but... I know. don't remember it. If they were, I don't remember. It's I've erased it from my memory. I was ignoring it. Um, yeah, there really was no, like, stopping that. And I, <laughs> I think no matter what, I was always banging on shit which is crazy to think about what was like the the next step from there then like where where do you go from using tinker toys on cans to like actually like getting a drum set or is like the or yeah. are you like doing like school band kind of shit going on or what no i i got a drum set my brother had a guitar and i would sneak in his room and play it when he wasn't home because he didn't want me to play it even though <laughs> i was like better at him than it better <laughs> at it than he was but um yeah i got a drum set when i was like seven or eight and yeah it was kind of i was i got pretty obsessive playing like i played like a lot of red hot chili peppers and like playing the mad lip beats and just stuff like that in my garage and yeah luckily no one had a huge problem with it, it was, i guess the neighbors complained a few times but it was never like a big deal but yeah i would definitely spend like hours out there that's what you were doing with your free time then you like come home from school and play yeah. drums and yeah definitely disappear into the headphones <laughs> yeah 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 just go through so many headphones back then because they're just <laughs> so they're built so like terribly and i was just always listening to music i had like i mean from the moment i had a cd player when i was super young and i had a, a whole cd booklet and then as soon as mp3s came mp3 players came out i had one of those and then I had like an iPod Classic with like a hundred gigs on it, and like filled that up, and was just always like had music in my ear. So, yeah, it was it was pretty undeniable. I although I never really thought about it like that. Like it wasn't like I never was like, oh man, music is my passion. Like I never even yeah thought about it. Like I was just like, yeah, like of course I'm listening to music. Like why? <laughs> I don't know. What else would I be doing? Yeah. Exactly. I guess it was just like, what else would I be doing with my yeah, time? Yeah, I hear you. Um, and like, was, uh, do you feel like you had a, because your your brother exposed you to so much like cool, quote unquote, cool music early yeah. on? Like, was your, your taste pretty eclectic from the I, get go? I think I have very good taste. Yeah. I'm proud of my taste and I do owe it to my brother for sure. Always real um, wide though, as far as yeah, what you're listening extremely, to? Extremely wide. I mean... Any everywhere from like lounge music to to real heavy rock, you know. To I mean, I guess there wasn't like a lot of world music when I was growing up around yeah. in in my house anyway. But you know, stuff that I was influenced by, like like mad, all the beat conductor like in India and like stuff like that. So yeah, and then my friends around me too, because Baton Rouge is a small town, so my brothers. I just ended up being friends with my older brother's friends, little brothers, and stuff like that. So, 
Yeah, I, I feel lucky, you know, because Baton Rouge is a small town. A lot of times people in small towns don't get exposed to a lot of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, were you able to, like, find, a, a, like, quite a few other kids playing music, too, around you that you were able to, you know, like, form uh, bands in high school and whatnot? Or was it... Uh, there, yeah, no. a lot of people were playing music. Um, I was usually playing with, like, older kids. Like, I had a, whenever I started... Whenever I got to high school, all, like, the older kids wanted me to play in their band, like, on drums. One, because there wasn't a lot of drummers around. And two, I was probably, like, the one of the most dedicated drummers in the area. So I was, like, pretty good and probably better than, like, you know, a lot of other people around. But, yeah, it was it was okay. The, the people playing music, I don't know, it felt kind of limited at the time. Like, everyone in Baton Rouge was playing, like, <laughs> like really funky, like, sublime kind of um like jam band stuff like it felt like there are a lot of jam bands around P- part of me wishes there was like more music to play at that time there is now it seems like yeah. people are branching out but yeah yeah it's interesting like when you're kind of like locked into that like in a smaller town or even like in the suburbs of a major city it's yeah. kind of like yeah you're just only exposed to whatever is around you and like for me that was like in my suburb of southern california it was a lot of like punk rock and hardcore music was Mm -hmm. like everything that like was around me yeah that's what i've heard about like socal because jared's from there but he i i don't i i think his older brother put him on to some shit too but uh that's tight. I mean, did you end up playing in like bands like that and stuff? Or yeah, like somewhat. I think there was like some of those like raw influences, at least like maybe some of that punk rock spirit in some of the early music that I was involved in playing. But yeah. it also made it hard, like for the band that I was in for like several years, from like post high school to the five years after that. It was like we were kind of this alternative rock bands playing on bills with like hardcore bands and people uh, did not like that really all the time alternative rock like like uh like influenced by like the pumpkins and okay. you know like yeah. pearl jam and green day yeah, and, right, yeah. and stuff like that and our friends were playing in straight like like hardcore like screaming screaming yeah growling thrashy hardcore music so it was like we didn't always like fit in on those things and also the southern california scene outside of if you can tap into like something cool in la is all like pay-to-play situations where Mm. you're just like signing those contracts to sell 40 tickets so the promoter doesn't give a shit like what's on the bill yeah because they're getting paid either way they have guaranteed money yeah right they do not care that like our band is on a bill with all these other bands that yeah have no relevance or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. I think it's like also, you know, it's like in that range of being like 18 to 23 where You're not like, everybody's like as open to different styles of music. Yeah, maybe. not at all. Or at least like when it was, um, I don't know. I probably have like 10 years on you. So I feel like at that time it was still like more people like kind of stayed in one lane. Like there mm-hmm. wasn't all these music festivals where it's all genres of music. Huh? Cause I feel like that's like more prominent now. It's like every yeah. music festival is like 
a bunch of genres of music. Yeah, I mean, genres have bled together so much. Like, it's so weird when people are like, what style of music do you play? It's like, I don't know. It's music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes you, stuff that makes you feel good, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting, like, making, maybe, like, making assumptions about, like, what styles of music uh, people play outside of the projects that they're involved in. Like, or, you know, like, even seeing you play with Jared and then maybe checking out your introducing record. Yeah, you know, yeah. And they like that. There's a lot of different styles in there. And I, I can tell that you obviously like have this big appreciation for jazz and yeah. for, for rap and hip hop and mm -hmm. soul music. But that's not necessarily like what is on that introducing record. Or yeah, right. like I was on the bus with uh, Kaylee, the bass player for High Pulp. And, you know, Pulp is this experimental jazz band and then she shows me her music that she's working on yeah, and it's, it's awesome like so good. this folky kind of you know dark pop music and it's just like yeah yeah oh so dope to see the range you know yeah i mean who wants to do one fucking thing and i got add like a motherfucker <laughs> so i just have to do 10 things at once to my own detriment sometimes and i think everybody honestly has that problem where they're just like see all the possibilities and um it's good. It's good to, to stick your your toes in all this hand, you know. Yeah, I would assume that makes you like a better player, too. I, I mean, yeah. I, in my opinion, anyone who's has a versatile like music taste, it, it definitely like expands your range on your instrument or whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I guess it it wasn't. It didn't used to be like that. I think that has to do with like. Um bands back in the day were like rewarded by labels like labels had way more control back then and they wanted you to play a specific thing that they could sell as this like as this product and it feels like musicians have a lot more power nowadays so they're just like doing whatever they want and everyone's adapting to it which is cool yeah yeah for sure do you think that uh just like that ADD mindset or is it kind of attributes to you having your, your hands in a lot of different things. Like you're doing, you know, <laughs> you're doing the, the gigging thing as a drummer and then you're like mm -hmm. making your own music, but you also have this incredible record store that we're sitting yeah. in and <laughs> like, I don't know. It just seems like you, you're involved in a lot of different shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't know. I've always had a lot of interests I've always had a ton of a ton of different interests and um I I think it helps like more lately I've been like I need to zero in on one thing maybe dedicate like 6 months to each one and like really see what happens because yeah being that multifaceted can sometimes like come at a price but it yeah it has to do <laughs> with my with the chemicals in my brain for sure yeah I don't know also I just you know I think it's possible. I've had a lot of people be like, oh, well, if you're touring, you probably can't run a record store or vice versa. Oh, man. And it's just like, well, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite thing that I learned like a week into the tour that you had this record store back back uh, in New Orleans. I was like, wait, you, you own this record store? Even yeah. even I was one of those people. It's like, so you own the record store, but you're able to go on tour? Like, yeah, that's yeah. so rad that you have people that you like trust enough to yeah. be able to make that happen or that you have the right situation because like so many people that do own businesses do get kind of handcuffed to 
that place and yeah. they can't just bail for like yeah, six no. weeks or something it's, like it's that. It's not like something everyone can do. I have a very unique situation uh, with it being in, in the bookstore below and me working in the bookstore and closely with the owners of the building and everything. And also like kind of manage this building. So it's um, it's a unique situation. But never once did I tell myself like, nah, I can't do that. Yeah. Or that I can't do anything, really. It's just like, it's always been a like, okay, this is a problem with the solution that I just have to solve. For sure. Yeah, so there's been, I mean, yeah, it's been bumpy, you know, like I the tour I went on, that was about this length in 2018, I did not have it. My store looked way different then. It was not nearly as like um, put together. And the guy who I had looking over it, I couldn't really trust that much and he wasn't even here that much. So yeah, there's like, that was a learning experience for me. And there's been a few, there's been a couple of instances where this could have fallen apart, but, um, yeah, I, I've, I've, it's a combination of like luck and opportunity and being prepared for certain scenarios. And yeah, it's dope. Yeah. If you got a desire to do something, you're going to, you're just going to make it work too. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think that's, that's it. Like you got to decide Every every major change I've made in my life has come after I've decided that I was going to do that. And, like, that's what was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, man. Taking those leaps and whatnot. Yeah. Like, yeah. The the payoffs are usually uh, pretty pretty strong if you're, like, willing yeah. to do it. Right. Yeah. You got to you gotta believe in yourself. And also be flexible. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's not going to go the way you want it to all the time. I hear you. I yeah. think that's, yeah. Just trying to explain people to people, like, what it's like to be out on these tours, you know? People yeah. think that it's maybe. Yeah, people Yeah, people are like. You're just having a blast out there. Yeah, they're like, I'm so jealous. <laughs> like, you're. They, they think it's like a huge vacation where you go to each city and you see all the major landmarks and you sleep on a golden bed. <laughs> or a golden Tempur-Pedic or whatever every night. <laughs> or maybe they don't think that. But, like, um, yeah, it's work. Like, going on tour is work. Um, and I, I don't take it lightly, especially not anymore. Like, when I was younger, it was the first one. I, I mean, I went to music school, too. So, like, I was able to talk with other people who've lived this life and, like, you know, get uh, advice on what to expect and what to look out for and things like that. So I never approached this like um, with super rosy eyed or rose colored glass. What's the term? I don't know. I got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The rose colored glasses or lenses. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You kind of knew that it wasn't like this. Everybody is going to have like this rock star experience yeah, going yeah. into it, which I think is important, man. Cause I think yeah. like even when, you know, my band was trying to do whatever we were trying to do. I think it was uh, maybe we only had this idea that it was a all or nothing thing. There wasn't, uh, yeah. and, and maybe it was just because of like where we were, there weren't a lot of people that we knew that were kind of like these lower to middle class musicians that were getting by just doing their art. And maybe they yeah. weren't, you know, they could still like feed themselves and pay their, their bills doing what they wanted to do it just wasn't on this level of jets and fucking jumbo tour buses and and shit like that you know yeah it's it's definitely like a i don't know i don't want to take it there i was thinking like (laughs) 
about capitalism and how like we don't like promote that sort of lifestyle yeah but like yeah the the idea of of like a self-sustaining lifestyle where you do what you love and get paid to do it like sufficiently enough that you can be comfortable is uncommon unfortunately and in america and in a lot of other places in the world so but yeah i mean i was i was thankful to have like you know semi-mentors and just people who were willing to share knowledge and be like yo this is what this looks like i mean because i mean it's funny there's so many levels of it like i i mean i've gone through music school i have a ton of super successful friends who like have grammys you know like i have friends who tour with like the biggest artists in the world and stuff and there's always like a level of like not understanding what the other person is is doing like especially with instagram you see people like doing shit like touring with like ariana grande or like i don't know in their studio with like kendrick lamar or something and you're like oh yeah they got it sweet as fuck like i know it like i know they're just chilling it's like no they still aren't paying like or can barely pay rent or like there's there's still a lot of things you get a friend that gets a feature on like a huge record and yeah. you realize that yeah like you're saying they they're still struggling to yeah, pay their right. rent it's yeah, not it's not, not a money at game changer like no. immediately well yeah and i mean it's funny like talking to my my friends who don't play music and they're like oh yo you know that guy who like played on that record like he he's famous now right like he's like and it's like no like he's probably like has less money than you do <laughs> like working construction and arts and shit you know like he's it's yeah so there's a lot of perspective that i'm happy to have about the the whole uh my whole music career and like being able to approach it realistically yeah um so even in high school did you kind of know that this is I, like the path that you were going to take or did no. it kind of just naturally Yo, i was a evolve? fucking idiot i was so <laughs> dumb i did i like barely fucking i mean i had a lot of issues in high school that that affected my my grades and like performance but also i just didn't give a fuck about school i was like this is dumb i know this is not what i like i know i don't want to be a fucking physicist like why am i studying fucking physics yeah um even though like honestly now it's funny because now i'm like i love it now i seek (laughs) out like now i'm watching youtube videos on on like chemistry and shit well it's because you want to learn that exactly yeah like it yeah it makes more sense then yeah and like let's be real like school is especially like high school for a lot of people is bullshit like most people don't need that type of education and it's really just like a whole system where you go through and you take tests and it just reflects how well your high school is doing and how much money they can get from the state when they should just be getting money anyway (laughs) but yeah it's dumb and it's like a system you're forced to play into so yeah sorry i yeah i did not know (laughs) fucking high school add yeah exactly okay yeah (laughs) there you it's a podcast it's tangents that's the whole podcast is built around tangents yeah you're seeing it in real time (laughs) um yeah no i i like almost fucking failed high school and it wasn't until either my junior or senior year that i like heard one of my teeth my drum instructor in high school was like Oh, you should, why is this song? This is crazy. He's like, oh, you should, um, you should look at Berkeley. And I was like, what's Berkeley? I didn't even know Berkeley College of Music was. I didn't know, I hadn't looked at like music colleges. Um, and like, I really was, I guess I was going, I gotta give myself more credit. I was going through some shit. But 
Yeah, I hadn't looked into school. Berkeley was the only college I applied for. I got in, and thankfully I did because that's like just what I needed to leave Louisiana and also to study music in a serious uh, setting. So were you, uh, up until going to Berkeley, all self-taught, everything that you had done um, up until that point? No, I, I had lessons. I had taken lessons, but like I was pretty much self-taught for the most part um and that remained kind of like a constant for you as far as like you were just going home and playing a lot of drums yeah, throughout just, high school even when you were like going through your shit or whatever yeah i always played music and i was always digesting music i was very into it like you know i was listening to it with a lot of intent i I cared a lot about music. Like it was not just a hobby. Like even if nobody had supported it or anything, it was it was just pretty much a very important part of my life. Fucking around with other instruments at that point too yeah, already. Already had that curiosity yeah. of just always trying yeah. to pick up something new. Yeah, I was probably better at bass in high school and like guitar and stuff. I was. Dev- I mean, I played guitar in the jazz band and stuff. I mean, in in college, I really honed my drum skills, but um. I played cello. I played trombone. That was like the first instrument I formally played in school, and was pretty good at that. I was like in the all-state jazz band and everything. Um, but yeah, I've, man, I've played so many instruments. I have. I played an accordion. I played, yeah, everything. You feel like everything that you do though comes from like the lens of a drummer, or do you think no. that that was like a huge yeah. foundation for everything else? I, I'm not a drummer. I. <laughs> I have fr- I have friends who are drummers like through and through. They just like love drumming. They're in like the marching band. Like they're drum nerds. I'm like sometimes I'm like damn. I should be like a bit nerdier about drums. Like I don't like get super um, particular about how I tune my drums and stuff like that. I love the drums and because that's like the instrument I'm best at. I definitely I definitely um, express myself the most through that instrument. But I am just like an artist that sounds so fucking corny and i kind of hate when people say that but like i mean even more recently i've been just doing stuff like cross stitching and like you know i'm just like into all kinds of mediums of art but music is definitely the main one that i practice and were you excited to go to berkeley because like since you were so like fuck school not really feeling oh, yeah. that and kind of like found that you could maybe access that even later in high school that you could go to like a music school yeah i think even i was a bit naive not really realizing that music school still means school yeah um and it also and seems to be this place where it like can either like completely break your musical spirit yeah, right. or it can just like make you more excited about it yeah it, it puts you to the ringer in a way that i think is really important um for someone like me, some people grow up with, like, when I went to Berkeley, I realized, like, how little I had had growing up, like, in terms of a music program at my school, like, serious musicians around me who were successful and, like, had really done the shit. Like, everyone at Berkeley, especially, like, the kids from, like, New York and, like, big cities who went to, like, arts high schools like i don't even know there's such thing as like a fucking arts high school like shit like that i was like damn i'm like kind of behind and that was really discouraging i i guess i there's a point in time where i was like 
I was like, I just didn't, I just got in too late. Like I just had a shitty spawn point and that's why I can't be a musician because everyone else around me, like, I was just like kind of making excuses for myself, which some of it I'm like, I, some of it I still am like, man, if I, yeah, if I had that growing up, I'd probably be in a completely different situation, but what's the fucking point in thinking about shit like that? Yeah. But, um. Yeah, it puts you to a fucking ringer. I mean, like, literally half my class was gone by the second semester of the second year. A lot of kids went to uh, the psych ward or, like, had some sort of psychiatric breakdown. Um, so yeah, I got to imagine, that, <laughs> yeah, that competitive nature. Yeah, it's super competitive. Be- Especially, it's like, it's... It's like every best musician from their small town comes to a place and finds out they're fucking not as great as they thought they were. <laughs> that makes Except sense. Except for the kids who fucking are as great as they thought they were. Yeah. And then there's like a lot of international students. They have already done undergrad and they come to Berkeley on full scholarships after they've been studying music for like six, four years or whatever. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's insane. And then to come from Baton Rouge, just being in a big city alone like Boston was actually awesome. I adjusted to that pretty fucking quickly because I'm a city boy, I realize. But yeah, it's got to be completely different cultures, though, from where yeah. you grew up in, in Baton Rouge. Uh, dude, it's funny because I never fit in in Louisiana or, or like the South. Like, people often thought I was from somewhere else when I was growing up. People thought I was like from Chicago for some reason. I don't have an accent. I if, like move a bit faster than people here. Like, <laughs> not like not that people here are slow, but people like kind of take their time yeah. and chill. And I've always just that. been like, I want to do shit. I want to do like a lot of shit all at once right now. And that just wasn't the the vibe down here. Um, sort of that the. The speed of a, a bigger city seemed to kind of match your energy oh, a little yeah. bit then. Uh, yeah, I fit right in. It wasn't even an issue, I don't think, moving to a big city. It was just more so the, like, damn, do I really want to do this music shit? Because, yeah, I like that, I got to Berkeley and I, I sucked. Like, I had smoke blown up my ass all through high school. And, yeah, I just, like, I wasn't shit. Still not really shit, but... <laughs> But like uh, the people that uh, have been watching you play like thirty shows in a row, we disagree. We <laughs> <yeah>. disagree. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. You know, it's all relative. But um, yeah, that the the hard part was realizing, okay, I suck at drums, and then having the conviction to be like, I'm gonna get better. But luckily, yeah, luck. I mean, yeah, it worked out. I was. I definitely second guessed myself a lot. I was like, I don't know if this is it. Was that like your first big experience getting to like play a lot of music with the other people and start kind of like playing out in the city in different kinds of bands too? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not to be like super arrogant, but there weren't people in Baton Rouge. There weren't a lot of people in Baton Rouge that I could play with that like challenged me and put me in a position to grow. So, like, being around a, a bunch of musicians like that helped a lot. It helped me realize my true potential. And, yeah. Yeah, it was it was great. And were you, like, writing a lot of your own music even at that time? I was making beats. 
I was making a lot of beats back then. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I never wrote as I didn't have um I don't I, I didn't have a good work ethic growing up. Still working on my work ethic. But <laughs> seems like you're doing all right, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting on a good front. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. were you like always kinda equally interested in like playing drums in other projects? versus making your own music or like making the beats or trying to compose things of your own i think i i've always wanted to play in other people's projects i don't want to be like a a jared madsen or like a front man like i mean it would be cool but like that's not what i'm trying to do i mean jared's given me the opportunity to md he's saying to like put music direct the shows yeah and like kind of have more influence on like the you know the live sound and all that stuff so that's the kind of stuff i think i i want to do and have always wanted to do is just be a part of a like working band a little bit more engaging for you that way when you get to like have some uh ideas in that and get yeah. to sing and stuff instead of just being the dude on the stage playing what you're told to play right yeah totally or like being the dude on the stage in charge of everything like even if i had a full if i was like leading a band it would definitely be a collaborative effort and not a you do this and you do that um i think so i don't know you need to experiment more with that <laughs> yeah what's it like for you because like on this tour you've had a rotation of bass players yeah i was curious like what that is like for you and how that maybe like affects your playing or like change does it change the way you play or think about the set at all um is it fun for you to like to switch get to switch it up every few weeks there's someone else rolling on to the tour yeah maybe you haven't even like really rehearsed with that other person yet yeah i do like the i do like spontaneity spontaneity of uh not rehearsing like from the beginning with Jared, we never rehearsed. He sent me the music. And he lives in San Diego, so we're far from each other. And, um, I mean, we we played it, like, twice and then started the first tour. And that was sick because, especially at this point in, in life for me, drumming, I think it's important that I establish some sort of um, self-confidence. And, like, I don't know, there's a lot of... Confidence in playing on the fly. There's a lot of scenarios like that in the music world and what I'm trying to do. So I was I was very excited to throw myself into the fire. But switching bass players is I, I definitely prefer to have the same bass player and like develop a chemistry over the whole show, you know, like by the end me and Jay. I mean me and Jay are already locked. Jay Wilson was playing bass on the first leg. And then we had Lexi, um, I don't know her last name, but Lexi from New York was in the middle. And then Jay came back. But I've known Jay since middle school. And yeah, we already had a chemistry. And by the end, it's like, oh, sweet, we're locked. You know, like I could close my eyes and play the set. And I like being in that place. Um, Yeah, I like being in that position. So, but it's been fun. I mean, I, I definitely change up my playing a little bit. I feel like I'm pretty good at reading people musically. I have pretty good musical intuition. So I know if I need to be more like heavy footed and just stay in the pocket 
or if I can like float or if someone needs like help in a certain position part of the song and I can like accent different parts of the melody to show them where we are or I can um just use dynamics to to guide the whole band because yeah the drummer really is you know has a lot of power people don't realize how much they can affect a song and even like force people to play certain things like for sure yeah is it cool getting the tour with jared being that like he's been doing this for yeah, so long and has so much experience out on the road yeah jared jared made me feel like mad comfortable on this tour like even times where i was like yo i don't know what's if i could do this jared's just like super positive yeah (laughs) and not like in that annoying like no bad vibes kind of way he's just like he's just down you know he's ready to go and he's been doing this for so long he he knows what he's doing i've also was a huge fan of his other project mattson too before i played with him so that's something that like yeah I, i think every day on the tour i had a moment to like uh just have gratitude like whoa like if i showed myself in high school 14 year old joe what was what i was doing it was yeah i didn't i didn't see it coming yeah jared just has that like energy that can't i can't not smile like when i see him you know (laughs) even if i'm kind of you know dragging that day or just like what the fuck am i doing out here yeah then you see jared he's like What's up, man? It's so great to see you. Yeah. You're doing great work. It's perfect. For like, that. Yeah, I right. love that. <laughs> He's amazing for that. Uh-oh. There's Jared up, up Jared top right now. Walking about there. Hey, Jared. <laughs> but that's the same thing I, I think, uh, you know, a lot of us talk about with you and even some of your, your friends that I met in Baton Rouge the other day when we were doing the high pole filming over yeah. there. It's just like you're you just seem like you have like the coolest calmest demeanor all the time for like somebody that you know maybe has like add and like in their head is in these other places you just seem like so low-key and and chill about (laughs) everything and i'm sure maybe doesn't maybe it doesn't feel that way to you all the time but uh (laughs) it feels like uh yeah you're you're just like an incredibly kind person to get to like see every day at the venue and oh, whatnot thanks, man. yeah dude everyone in high pole as well is like yeah pleasant or it's a pleasure to to tour it yeah everyone made it so easy this this tour because a tour like this can go south like super quickly if you have the wrong people and um yeah i'm realizing that's like a big part of why people choose the bands they choose and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I very much try to just like be like water, <laughs> especially on tour. Yeah, is it always easy for you to like jump on the kit every night when you're on tour? Even yeah. if it, like no matter what day you have. Actually, like literally, no matter what, I can. I'm ready to throw it down on the drums, especially on a. Especially with Jared's music, I just really enjoy playing Jared's music, and um, yeah, I could have fucking food poisoning, and as if there's a 40 minute interval in between me puking and shitting, I'll, I'm down to play the set. <laughs> like, yeah, it definitely gives me energy to to be on the drums. Yeah, because there are nights when I was like not having the best day or night or whatever, and playing definitely like helped everything, which is crazy. Hell yeah, yeah. 
Hey everybody, just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall with over 200 bottles. Muscles and Fritz are on the menu. Their cheeseburger is lights out and they've always got some killer weekly specials as well. Aside from the menu items and beverages, they've got this awesome covered patio that is heated throughout the fall and winter with a bunch of big screens to watch all your favorite sports. And the best part is they have DJs playing tunes there every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So come through North 45 Pub for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode kind of going back to having your hands in different things and maybe that ADD mentality do you uh do you feel like it it kind of rejuvenates like certain things when you do have like you get to be away from the record store for like five weeks and then you come back here or like if you take a few days away from drums to work on other projects is it like yeah I don't know does it re-energize that thing or keep you excited about I think those so. things not exhausting all of them it's definitely um I don't know, I think part of having ADD for me personally makes it hard to just do one thing for, not even like for a couple of hours, but like to keep doing the same thing for like a few months, even consistently. Um, so yeah, it doing everything all at once, it's nice because you can, hmm, I don't know, it's like rearranging your room every time you switch you know and it just keeps things fresh so yeah it helps a lot and you always have the the aspirations to open a record store did you kind of just like stumble like how did that how does this happen joe because i walked into this place man like i found out that you had the store but then walking in just like i don't know this is like a pretty inspiring spot to me for like somebody that's always wanted to opened a record store or at least like the last five years like heavily thought about it and just walking into this place mm-hmm. i was like this is uh this is it man like yeah. i'm just like excited that you're doing it and it's like working yeah. out for you and yeah it's it it really fell in my lap sometimes i feel guilty when i encounter people who are like oh i always wanted to do that because i'm like oh shit i this has not been a huge dream of mine but i've always been a vinyl collector i've always loved vinyl paid way too much money to bring my vinyl from Boston <laughs> to New Orleans after college and spent so much money on vinyl in college. So like I've always loved, yeah, I've always loved vinyl. I moved to New Orleans just cause I knew after college I went back home. I worked on a, a weed farm for a little bit and found myself like a little hippie. And um, then I came. That's when you became like water (laughs) yeah at the time that that was on the way to becoming like water i was probably still a little bit frozen (laughs) i was i was was thawing out (laughs) and um i after that i went to baton rouge and i hated it i was like this sucks like this is not inspiring me at all i need to get out of here um and then i was just like i mean i i don't want to go to new york everyone after berkeley goes like new york or la or they go home. Um, but I didn't want to go to, like, one of these major cities. So, I, I mean, New Orleans is, is awesome. You know, it's it, it's extremely inspiring, and there's so much culture and music here. 
So, I, and I, I don't know. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I remember my dad, like, grilling me, like, what are you going to do in New Orleans? I'm, like, giving him just, like, serious, you know, like, I'm going to get a gig and, like, start touring. And, like, I don't know what the fu- You don't know what's going to happen in the in your music career. Like, you don't get to predict that kind of shit. But I just knew I needed to be here. So I came here, was working in the pizza store. And then um, I actually was friends with someone who was working here. And she got a big girl job. And I just swooped in and was like, yo, do you guys need someone, you know? Because, I, I mean, I love books, too. Like, I like to read. So I was I started working in the bookstore. And then they had these two floors up top that they said they would let me rent out. Um, they hadn't been up here in, like, 10 years. And, I mean, it was, like, it was so dirty up here. Like, insanely filthy. Um, like, it looked like an, an abandoned building like 10 years abandoned yeah i just got to cleaning and i just did little by little i put out my collection and then i flipped that and bought like a like 4,000 records in mississippi and they weren't all great but we made it work and then i flipped that and bought more and i just you know the key to a record store is keep a good rotation going yeah so i'm always just like buying and selling (laughs) and is it always just just you doing the curation for the most part i I got an employee this year eric and he is really well versed on like heavy metal and like rock and like more hardcore stuff and i don't know a lot about that so you know he does ordering in that aspect and he he knows a lot of other types of music he just knows you're never gonna know everything yeah like I don't know everything that's in my store. I certainly haven't listened to a lot of like really big artists that I should know about. Like it's just, you know, you just can't do it all. So, I mean, ideally I would I would like to hire like, you know, two more people and they all have their own specialty yeah. in music and we collaborate on the curation. Yeah. Yeah, well you kind of like maybe even source that outside though just uh just talking to friends and whatnot like like oh, what? Like, to, like yeah, it was like oh, this dude I know knows tons about jazz. Like, what yeah. are the jazz records I need to have in here? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I've done that. I've I've like conducted some polls. Yeah. And whatnot. Um, it's hard to find like vinyl collectors who frequent a shop that can tell you like, oh yeah, this is what I want. This is what I would like to see in a store. And because a lot of times people are, like the stuff they're looking for is shit you can't find anyway. So yeah. And I think it's like, I don't know yeah there's always those few records i'm looking for that i know are like not a real high percentage that i'm actually going to find it in there but there's always you know that that chance but i think it's you know what's more fun is going through the collection and finding that thing you didn't know that you needed or like the thing that you forgot about and it's just like oh this is here yeah you know (laughs) it wasn't the thing that i was looking for that got me super excited yeah i think most of the stuff that gets me excited in a record store is the shit i wasn't looking for and didn't know existed. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I just try to stock the as far as new records go cuz we have new and news. I just stock the the essentials just big names. Yeah. And use, you know, I, I've gotten to a point where I, I've built up like a little Rolodex of people who sell or know where to find used records and find some pretty eclectic stuff. 
just some people that you trust are, are yeah. not going to send you down a rabbit hole of buying like a bunch right. of garbage records that yeah, are yeah. not in good condition and whatnot. Yeah, and and also like having a storefront, shit just comes to you. Once people find out there's a record store, they're just like, oh, cool. Yeah, how often do you get people in here that just like bringing their collections in for you to um, sift through? It's not. It's 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 becoming more and more frequent. But still not as frequent as I would like. Like the bookstore downstairs, I mean, they're all used pretty much, aside from just a few new titles. But they have people bringing stuff every day. Now, clearly, there's probably like more books, disposable books, than there are records in the city. But ideally, yeah, you know, like three times a week, you would want someone to come in with at least 20 to 40 yeah. records. You just want new stuff, you know? Because, I mean, People want to come. Locals want to come to the store and see new stuff every time they come. So you just want to make sure. I mean, I I get to the point where I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna leave the state. Like, I have a friend in Pennsylvania who's got records. I have a friend in Ohio who's got a lot of stuff. Dallas has a lot of records. So stuff like that. Um, yeah, just keep a keep your eye out. Yeah. Is also like, do you feel like? a part of having a good selection is having the stuff that you don't necessarily enjoy yourself to and just like yeah, understanding that it's not all for you even yeah. though it's your shop hell no yeah uh, yeah i would never be like oh i don't like that music i'm not also there's really not any music that i don't like like that like maybe there's stuff that i won't like throw on when i'm yeah. home alone but like I, there's, it's very rare that I hear music and I'm like, this is undigestible. Turn this off. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's weird. Because, I don't know, like, at it, music at its core has, I don't know, it's just relatable. Like, as long as it has a groove, even a simple one, it's like, yeah, there's just too much about <laughs> music that's good to, I don't know, hate on a whole fucking genre or some shit like that. Are you somebody that likes to uh, comment on people's purchases when they bring the shit to the register? Or do you uh, keep um, it pretty quiet? Honestly, I'll be honest. I don't like talking to people a lot. <laughs> like, I, I especially don't like, like, I, okay, I should take that back. I like talking to people, but like being in a retail store space, like just the amount of small talk you have with people yeah. I tend to avoid it. Even if someone brings my favorite fucking record down, I won't say shit sometimes. But sometimes I'm in a good mood and I'll <laughs> like strike up a conversation. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not like. I haven't seen High Fidelity, but isn't Jack Black's character like that? Uh, he yeah, and he's, he's like, very like straightforward about like, hey, put this back. This is trash. Yeah, like, yeah buy yeah. this. Uh, that's good. And then, have you seen the High Fidelity series with no. uh, Zoe Kravitz? Yeah, Zoe. I I just keep getting it recommended. It that was great. It. Yeah, and in her staff is is very much the same. Yeah, I think I just. I don't know if it's from movies or whatever, and maybe I won't take it like I don't think I take it personally, but maybe I will not uh, be so disappointed. But I feel like sometimes I'm just like, man, sometimes I want somebody to say something about just the shit I'm bringing up, and maybe it's like maybe I'm just not bringing cool enough stuff up, or maybe it's just like the situation you're talking about where it's like these people don't want to have this conversation like yeah. all day. And I get that too, that yeah. that could be exhausting to comment on everything. But sometimes yeah. I get excited when the person at the register 
it's like oh you got this like i try to i really do try to um even if i'm not in the mood i'll 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 do it but also i'd much rather outsource uh human interaction (laughs) in my store to delegate that task to somebody else um because yeah i mean i'm usually back here answering emails and putting in orders and eric's doing the but yeah it's funny eric's like such a record store he's like a typical record store employee textbook like like has pretty general knowledge on everything likes to talk to you about it um and also is opinionated yeah it's like such a trope about the record store. yeah for sure it must be like nice having someone else in the record store to like put something else on in the store too maybe that you wouldn't necessarily be listening to if no one else was here well i don't know eric honestly puts on the the same thing uh, (laughs) over and over (laughs) but i i I try to play everything um yeah it's it's dope you know and then it's it's cool to have to talk to you know there are a lot of really cool people come through because i'm in the french quarter and i mean like aziz ansari has come here i met malia obama here well, I would imagine, too, with, like, how's the blues across the street, maybe you get yeah. some of those people that are playing at that venue, some yeah. of those musicians a, coming through. Yeah, a lot of musicians will just, like, uh, uh, I forget his name, from Blood Orange. Deb Hines. Yeah, he came through. He was playing down the street. Owen Wilson was here. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I meet a lot of interesting people, and sometimes, you know, you strike up a conversation with people, and they, I don't know, they have... Like, I guess with anybody, with any sort of interaction you have on the street, there's, like, you should talk to more people. It's something I am also still learning. But, like, you know, it's really it's really uh, insightful to to talk to your fellow neighbors. For sure. Yeah. What are the uh, – what's, like, two or three records that you have to have in the shop, like, at all times? Have, like, for sale purposes or because I want them there? Either. Um for you, for for you like for me. personal taste like what's yeah. important that like we got to have yeah. a couple copies of this in at all times cuz you yeah. want more people to have that in their collection you know it's funny like honestly a lot of stuff that i like really fuck with doesn't sell like that but i mean like i have a stone's throw section yeah which is funny cuz like it's the only uh label section i have right now currently but that was an important label to me that was like stone or mad libs mad lib put out a lot of stuff on stone throw jay dilla you know kareem riggins um anderson pack and shit so that's a label that i like want to expose people to um if they don't already know about it um of course you know like beatles um Led Zeppelin, Queen, John, Elton John, Bob Dylan. Is that still like the shit that you see being bought most too? Yeah, you know, surprisingly, the Beatles stuff isn't moving as quickly as I thought it. I had like a drought for a period, and I bought a ton, and it's kind of sitting. One thing I cannot keep is Radiohead. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's gone as soon as I buy it, and then it doesn't get pressed, like it doesn't get re-released as often. So. Like I've never had every title by Radiohead in at once. Um, Gorillas moves pretty quickly, especially like Demon Days. That's like a lot of people's uh, like first album or like first introduction to music. MF Doom can't keep that. 
even even prior to the passing kind of the, like yeah. just kind of always yeah always yeah. definitely but especially since the passing Kanye West does not stick around Scissor doesn't stick around Beyonce which I don't honestly order a lot of that I mean I like like Lemon Twigs is a band I was really excited about and I ordered their records and I think there's I, I ordered that like probably like four months ago it's still out there <laughs> only got two copies so <laughs> there's still there's either still one or two copies left um and then like cleaners from venus is a band probably one of my favorite bands chris cohen right like the, those are two artists that i was like this is probably my favorite my favorite artist ever and no one touches that shit so it doesn't really matter what i like <laughs> yeah <laughs> It does not for it sure at all, and it's I can't even like talk it into someone's hands, you know. Yeah. Unless I mean, sometimes people want you to put an album in their hand to buy. They're just like, "Tell me what to buy." And with that, uh, that introducing EP that's up on the streaming services that you put out under yeah. your name, is that all you playing everything on there? Yeah, that is that is me on everything. Is that the first time you? done something like that or at yeah. least put it out i guess yeah I, I did that during the pandemic i i feel like it's a little rushed i'm not super proud of it i mean i am proud of it it's it's dope and it it was what i wanted to do at the time but i'm very excited to uh put more effort and energy and time into even just like a single or something yeah. and um yeah it's cool. It gave me a lot of perspective, and it, it definitely um, made me realize where I want to go with that. Sure. Like me playing and my just music that I put out. And just still important to you to like keep pursuing that lane as well as like yeah. playing drums for other people or involving yourself in other bands. Absolutely. Honestly, I think it all plays together. Um, I think having music so, I mean, like, I'm a freelance drummer, so I'm, like, looking for gigs the way you might look for gigs around town, but I'm looking for, like, touring gigs. Like, I got to play with Solange for a little bit, and I got to tour with a band called Givers, you know, and that's just through my own promotion of my skills and abilities. Um, and having music out that people like is a really good way to to show people what you can do for them in their band. Now, that's not the only reason I, I write music. I write music because, you know, there's nothing else that I would want to do more. Because winter is eternal and and the wolves are at your throat. That's, that's a quote from Cloud Atlas that I thought was cool. Like, <laughs> creators do it because they have to. Like, there's no... There's no, there there are no other options. But, yeah, it, it definitely is, like, it all plays, everything plays a role, you know? Like, I guess I just want to show people what I can, what I can do. Yeah, and show myself. Yeah, like, if you're going to make something, you want to put it out, not yeah. just keep it in the closet, keep it on the hard drive. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't even understand that whole, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to release this. <laughs> it's like it's like why like half the time people aren't even gonna fucking listen to it like so who gives a shit but like also it's just like yeah i don't know i'm i'm pretty bad about that record when people ask about it i'm like oh don't listen to it it sucks i'm like blah blah, blah. It's, it's trash 
But like, for one, it it's not terrible. I think there's some so, cool vibes on it, man. Yeah. Like I I enjoyed listening to it, and again, it's, it just gave me like I feel like a different uh, just perspective on your playing and just like where yeah. your mind is at musically because I've only seen you in this one other right, space, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. It's another thing. I don't like. I don't want people to view me as a drummer or just a drummer. So. Yeah, I don't know. Put your shit out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Put your shit out. Yeah. Words of wisdom from, yeah. from Joe Lyle. Before your hard drive gets stolen. Well, I think Phil's going to kill me if we don't oh, get yeah. out of here soon. And we have uh, we have load in at 6. God so damn, we're, uh, okay. we're creeping up on that. But I want to play the episode out with uh, You Don't Want No Part of This from that yeah. introducing EP, which is one of my favorite tracks. But also man it's just been uh, a pleasure to get to know you these last like six weeks and yeah, like dude. i meant that when i i said that the other day in that instagram post like i feel like you're just like one of these salt of the earth people man like uh, just incredibly like i said earlier incredibly kind and just like good energy to to be around on a daily basis and whatnot you know like you. so uh yeah it's I just been cool it. getting to know you and yeah i appreciate you giving me your time to chop it up on the mics a little bit and let yeah. me give me some more insight into you know who you are and like where where your all this uh creativity comes from and getting yeah. to see the shop has been really fucking cool man thanks yeah, yeah. i'm really happy y'all could see it happy to to host y'all and show you around new Orleans. yeah you made us gumbo last night like yeah, i just thought that fun. was like really nice and just uh, had to you know had to cool part of my a memorable part of my new orleans experience mm -hmm. you know just yeah. to be on the road with you for six weeks and then just uh you know for you to make us some grub and everything was a nice way to hang i'm glad we've had like a few days here to just like chill out and it yeah. doesn't have to just immediately be over and uh hell yeah yeah, man. I'll put all the links in the episode notes. People can, uh, you know, check out No Pulp Records if they're uh, in the New Orleans area. But uh, also, you ship, and you make yeah. that very clear in the in the store. There's <laughs> a lot it? of signs that say, "Cool, we ship." Yeah, you got it. People, you know, super reasonable too. Yeah. So, you know, six six dollars flat. Peep know. Joe's collection. Peep the music and. Uh, yeah keep up with what you're doing and we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is Ooh. it's a program so if we could get the joe lyle it's a program we can uh, properly end this thing shit yeah you're tuning in to the best podcast in the universe <laughs> it's a program he nailed it everybody that's joe lyle and uh we are going to to play this thing out with uh you don't want no part of this off that introducing ep you can find it on all the streaming services and that's the jelly jams and we will catch you on the flip side portland new orleans wherever you are listening from
want to give a big shout out to distro kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast can't say thank you enough to distro kid for their support of this thing and make sure you go into the episode notes and find that distro kid link to receive 30 percent off your first year of membership with distro kid making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you so make sure you take advantage of that and the link is also in uh, the link in my instagram bio on the link tree so you can find it there as well big thanks to distro kid stay up stay tuned <laughs>